Hi, welcome to our podcast, Helen and Steph Muddle Through. She's Helen and she's got over 10 years experience supporting young people's mental health and well-being. And she's Steph, a BBC and commercial radio presenter and producer. We met through our jobs and we're passionate about helping everyone to improve their mental health and well-being. Every week we'll cover a different mental health topic, everything from body confidence to breaking negative habits. So let's get into it. This week, as it's International Women's Day on the 8th of March, we're talking about some of the things that specifically impact on women's mental health and well-being. Yay! And um, of course, we did this in November with men's mental health around November. So looking forward to getting into this one about uh, about women's mental health and well-being and if you identify as female. Uh, before all of that, though, how are you, Helen? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I feel like it's been a nice week mainly because it's been sunny. Like the weather makes such a difference. Huge. Not so much today, it's quite grey, but I feel like we had maybe four or five days of like sun and it felt like spring and the daffodils were out and people were optimistic about life. It was lovely. It did really feel like that, didn't it? Like people more chatty. There was people doing barbecues as well in February. Yeah, that that's a bit extreme. I mean, we did we did sit in the garden a bit on Saturday actually, which was and it was hot in the sun, but as soon as the sun went in it was chilly. You could definitely still tell it was February. <gasps> oh. Mm. How was your weekend? Did you do anything nice? Much the same actually. We managed to get out for a little a little jog, which was nice in the sun and do you know what was actually fun on Sunday? We had a Zoom with a few friends um and that it was one of their birthdays and the theme was skiing because everyone wants to get a ski trip in for next year so people were wearing ski hats like bubble hats and ski goggles and stuff (laughs) had a few glasses of wine it was nice lovely jubbly felt like actual socialising Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think people got a bit zoomed out and didn't do it for a while. And I've had a couple recently and it's felt like quite nice again. Like you kind of, I don't know, like a renewed thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually quite fun. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, and and with that hope of like the roadmap out of lockdown, it starts to feel like there's, you know, hope on the horizon. That, yeah, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Also, we just need to mention it's International Women's Day. Mm. But we did have a bit of a debate about changing the topic because it's also Pi Week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which, let's face it, is just as important for your well being. <laughs> a good pie. I mean, come on. Love a pie. I love a pie. What's your fave pie? Ah, oh, can I have one sweet and one savoury? Yes. I make all the Say, rules. Say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> savoury i reckon chicken ham and leek oh yeah it's a good pie isn't it and then sweet oh something just like just apple a good old apple pie oh mm, apple and cinnamon mm. lush what about yours oh i think i'd go my mum makes a good there's a jamie one that's like sausage and leek or something and chicken mm. as well maybe <laughs> maybe yours just, just with sausages <laughs> as well um and yeah 
Oh, I don't know if sweet. I don't think I have sweet pie as much. I think savoury pie, if I'm at one of those really, you know, when you get those fancy food stands at a festival or something. Yeah. I am there. I am there. A good. There's a really nice um, pie place in Southampton called Pie. I'm going to say this wrong now. Pie Caraba. Caramba. Pie Carbarara. By Caramba. Is yes. That it? And it's like a. It's the theme of the restaurant is like comic books, and they do these really lush pies. It's so good. There's one in Winchester, and we went, and I literally I had to like crawl out because I was so full. <laughs> It's awful. Yeah, so good. So good. I was like, I can't move. Uh, can't move. Soon we can go back and eat pies out and about. Oh, how exciting. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Right then, let's stop talking about pies because otherwise we will spend the whole <laughs> podcast talking about pies. True story. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, International Women's Day on the eighth. So we thought, well, why not talk about? Because there are there are things that specifically impact on women's mental health, right? So we're going to talk a bit about this year in particular, the past year and the pandemic and how some of that has impacted on women and young girls. Also, a bit about hormones. Mm-hmm. Hormones that are not our friends. No. Mm. It's interesting because I think there's a lot um, when you start digging into this, there's actually quite a lot in the press and there's quite a lot of research that's been done. Um, We've been sending stuff back and forth. And the the one I sent you Mm. earlier about the disproportionate effect of the pandemic on women in terms of that was more about jobs, actually. So like Mm. because of having maternity leave. Uh, in certain self-employed situations, not be entitled to as much pay when they're on, you know, when they're off because of COVID and also taking on childcare. So having to Mm. not be doing, you know, not be at work and stuff. Yeah, there's been, there's been quite a lot of research into it and you're right. We both sort of found things that we've been bouncing back and forwards and it goes to show, I mean, it's positive that people are looking into this and it's being acknowledged I guess, but there's definitely some, and some of it is like not, so you have direct and indirect discrimination in any areas of discrimination. And a lot of this is not, it's probably not even indirect. It's just more passive. Mm. So it's like a byproduct of some of these policies. So yeah, like what you mentioned, if you're on maternity leave and you get less furlough pay, but also things like women are more likely to be in jobs where they don't get sick pay. So if they're off because of COVID or they're self-isolating disproportionately, they're not getting the, the same financial support as, as men. I was hearing that, like like you were saying, it's, it's, it's not any kind of, it's not, um, there's not, it's not been done with any intention. It's the way sort of things, mm. well, actually, I mean, I'm probably sure, I'm sure we could dig into that and find, you know, go into like how society is all structured and stuff, but. I think I was hearing as well a lot of because a lot of retail has had to shut and hospitality that's disproportionately mm. affected it's particularly retail women as well. Yeah, of course retail and the beauty industry um and all of that obviously has an impact on mental health if if financial worries are you know there and present of course that's going to that's a massive strain isn't it. And the other important thing talking about 
women disproportionately in certain roles is obviously in a caregiving role. So nurses in care homes, you know, absolutely disproportionate numbers of women in those sorts of roles. And we know, obviously, that they are the roles that are, you know, the absolutely the most stressful and have uh, the kind of roles where mental health has really taken a bit of a, a nosedive because of what's going on with COVID. And that's, there's definitely more women in those sorts of roles. You know, before when we, we looked at men's mental health, we looked at the stereotypes of um, what what a man is, um, or if you identify as male. For if you, if you are a woman or identify as female, I feel like one of the stereotypes is being able to multitask and juggle and mm. sort of be all things, not even like all things to all people, but all things to all parts of your life. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. There's this expectation, isn't there? I think, again, I think it's important. We'll talk a bit in a minute about what you said about more um, women taking responsible for responsibility for childcare and homeschooling and stuff, because that's definitely happened. Even in my kind of immediate friendship circle, I can see that that's happened. But yeah, there's definitely this expectation that if you're a woman and you work part time or even full time, you still kind of generally take the lead in childcare and uh, in the home and you're expected to do all of these things <laughs> and be like superwoman which is yeah it's crazy particularly with what we're going through now it's going to take its toll at some point mm. you can't keep that up forever I know it is that sort of like expecting yourself to be superhuman and I can think of one particular mm. friend who I always say like you're superwoman because I'm just whoa <laughs> how are you doing everything <laughs> it's just mad yeah it's it? crazy isn't it yeah, it's crazy. So there was some interesting stats around this um, childcare thing because some some of the things we've just been saying about COVID policies, government policies, and stuff. There was an article I was reading, and it was um, of quite a few kind of women's rights people have written to the government because they're there's they're actually really worried about setting the clock back massively in terms of gender equality in the workplace, just because of some of these policies and some of what's happened. Um, you know, it's quite alarming, but also the, I think it was Office for National Statistics figures, so they're quite reliable, um, that 67% of women have said that they've taken charge of kind of homeschooling and childcare or taken the lead in it, which is huge, mm. isn't it? That's like two, over two thirds. Oh my goodness. And that is so much to handle. From what I understand mm. of, of people doing it, it is a lot, especially if you are working like, I mean, you, it just makes me tired thinking about it, to be honest. Yeah, exhausting. And a lot of those women probably are working, maybe, you know, some of them full time, some of them part time, but still feeling that responsibility because they're the the mother to take that responsibility for the kids. Mm. And quite often, you know, we know that maybe the males are tend to be the breadwinners quite often so there's pressure there that they can't necessarily have time off work or that they're you know financially it makes more sense for them to go to work and for the woman to take some time off you know it's probably a generalization mm -hmm. but it's definitely you know the figures speak for themselves it's happening isn't it yeah, I mean, I really hope that organisations are seeing that and that they make allowances and give support and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that women then feel like they have to fall behind in work because, yeah, that just doesn't seem balanced, really. 
Mm. Doesn't seem equal. And that's the danger, isn't it? And I think that's what the the these this article was talking a lot about is the risks in the future of this. So people, you know, women have taken a step back from their careers and then maybe in the future they'll be overlooked for certain things or promotions or pay rises because of this period of time where they've taken time off or maybe then they're they're seen as not as reliable maybe you know there's all these things that feed into it and there's still such thing as a gender pay gap I was hearing that on the radio today and I thought Mm -hmm. I feel like we talk about that as if it's in the past but apparently it's still a 20% difference or something with Mm -hmm. salaries um, and and women are less likely to ask for sort of a pay rise or to talk about money in terms of their skills and qualifications and the other thing actually this this interviewee on the radio was pointing out was that women if uh, if you sort of a childbearing age or having a child often seen in the workplace quite negatively in terms of recruitment like you wouldn't think of recruiting someone who's like about to have a baby or has had just had a baby or whatever when actually they offer something brilliant because they offer flexibility and obviously Mm. all the skills that they bring so yeah, that yeah. is quite a big one, isn't it? It's scary, isn't it, that that still happens? But I can I can totally see that it does. Mm. It's just, yeah, you just sort of think that that's in the past and not really happening. But, yeah, I think it definitely still happens. And then the impact then on on women's well-being and women feeling, you know, imposter syndrome or feeling like they they shouldn't ask for a pay rise they don't have a right to ask for a pay rise they don't have a right to ask for equal pay or like you say they feel like they need to be superwoman they if they suddenly say I can't manage all of this or they they are worried about speaking to their manager are they going to be seen in a different light you know that they're trying to juggle homeschooling and childcare and asking for a bit of time off or a bit of flexibility it's scary to do that and you you know I can see that there would be some worry there that that would be remembered somehow and then you know you'd it would reflect on you badly further down the line which obviously it absolutely shouldn't but I can see how women would maybe worry about that I could yeah like I like we keep saying I just can't believe we're still having to talk about that and be concerned Mm. about that really um yeah getting on to hormones uh yeah Oh my goodness. Good old hormones. Another thing that plays havoc with our working lives as well. I think people don't don't always um appreciate that. That's <laughs> but, so true. There's a bit of a joke, isn't there? Did I think I saw something a while ago about being allowed to take days off for if you're going through the menopause or you're on your period or something, and actually people just laugh it off, but it's it has a huge impact as we're going to talk about and it's really it's really personal absolutely like from personal experience definitely been times where it's had a significant impact on my day my week <laughs> like and then you just I wouldn't feel yeah no I definitely don't think I'd feel comfortable speaking up and saying that is a reason that I can't get into work or that I'm there and I'm not fully myself do you know Mm. what I mean it's weird isn't it it is weird and I think again maybe it comes down to having that trust in your organization or in your manager or maybe if it's if you work in a predominantly female team Mm -hmm. or you've got a female manager maybe you feel like they will understand 
a bit more and you'd feel more able to explain that that was the genuine reason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people struggle with this. And again, I think it's something that's brushed under the carpet. I think it's something that maybe you might, you know, say, for instance, like a lot of mental health stuff can really be connected to hormones. So low mood, depression, anxiety, peaking and troughing at certain times of the month. And I think if you'd not really noticed a pattern yet and you maybe went to the doctors about that and feeling low or experiencing these kind of episodes of low mood it might not necessarily be something that they first think about or that you first think about and then it just kind of gets brushed off as a mood disorder when actually it's it's not that at all it could actually really be linked to your hormones and um you know be be an entirely different thing that then is not treated properly i think i think that could be said for when it comes to contraception as well because obviously contraception is often the emphasis if if you're in a longer term relationship is on on the female and that's the way medicine is at the moment but those conversations i personally i mean i think they've actually probably got better but i feel like when they first talk about it with you it's quite brief and it's kind of Mm. try it and see like try this see Mm -hmm. how you go and it's gonna have a, it could have a huge like I remember yeah it can have a huge impact and you've got to be find the right kind of treat you know contraceptive if it's contraceptive for you and mm. that yeah they need to have those proper conversations about what it could do and affect how it could affect you yeah yeah that's so important and you're so right I don't think that you know doctors are always sort of pressed for time aren't they and kind of that's a quick solution to a problem either if you know, you, you, you're going because you specifically need a, a contraceptive or because it's to manage, you know, periods or something, but they don't actually don't take the time to sit down and say, right, this, this could be the side effect. This might happen. You might experience this. Um, if this happens, come back, you know, or talking about alternatives, it's very kind of quick, you know, oh, this is, this, this is fine. This is the most popular one. This is the one we prescribe everyone take it and and see yeah definitely it's not and I think then people don't realize the link Mm. I I might regret well I I might leave this in I might take it out but I was going to say one one thing for me which I only realized after years and years and years and years of being on the pill was my weight and I didn't actually know it at the time and it's not it's not a big thing like I'm not it's just when I look back and I I didn't realise that it had had that mm. impact. And then I remember years after I'd come off it, I said to my mum, I was like, did I look a bit different? And she said, like, you know, obviously your mum's always really lovely. But she said, yeah, you know, the pill does have that mm. effect or can have that effect. Sorry. Um, anyway, yeah, just a random thought from me that it had that yeah. impact. And it can, that's quite a common side effect, isn't it? And probably something that they don't tell you, but would would has the potential to have quite a big impact on your mental health and how you feel about mm. yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. it's 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 only when I look back now, it's it's strange. Yeah, mm. I think the other thing to say about this is forgetting the kind of contraceptive side of things, but in terms of our cycles, <laughs> they it's it's really, really normal to fluctuate in mood through the month. I think what's not normal is if you start noticing that it's having quite an impact on other areas of your 
life. So if you're kind of noticing that for one or two weeks of the month, actually your mood is really low, you've got this, what people describe as like brain fog. So you can't concentrate, you can't focus, your anxiety is through the roof. If you're noticing that, that is less normal. But just because of the nature of all the hormones bouncing around in your body, it's you know, it's to be expected that at some times of the month you'll have more energy or more anxiety or less of those things. But I think just noticing when it's having a wider impact. So if it is impacting on your job, if it's impacting on your relationships, that's the time to maybe do something about it. There is, I did look it up at one point because I was intrigued about, oh, I can't remember. It's called PMSD or something. It's mm. it's some kind of disorder that's mm. actually now been... um kind of identified and there was a oh there was a really sweet girl that I saw talking about it and she said for those few weeks in the month she would literally like almost just be self-destructive and Mm. destroy you know as much as possible Mm. you know metaphorically and then and then spend the rest of the time trying to pick those pieces up Mm. so it had a massive yeah massive impact on her life yeah and really profound difference and I think yeah I've I've had a couple of friends experience similar where they kind of the the week after they look back and think was that even me it's almost like you're a different Mm. person so that yeah that's that's definitely more and again I think it's a bit of a joked about thing like PMS oh she's got PMT she's got PMS leave her alone don't ask her for anything today she's in a bad mood But actually that, you know, joking aside, it can have a really profound impact on your life. Mm. What do we do to cope with it? Well, I think firstly, read up on it and get to know your own cycle is really important. My I've never had regular cycles, just putting it out there. So I was my I never really tracked mine because it was very difficult for me to know, Mm. you know, what what day I was on and what on earth was going on in there, which was always interesting. But um, (laughs) I say was, I'm just going to explain now. I haven't gone through the menopause. (laughs) I am, I'm pregnant. So (laughs) I'm not, yeah, I don't think I've said that actually out loud on the podcast. So that's nice. That's so exciting to say. Oh, I'm so excited you said that. Actually, really, actually, I've not thought about this. I haven't had periods for ages. It's just so nice. (laughs) That is a big, I mean, obviously big bonus baby, but also big bonus. (laughs) Yeah. No worries. Um, but obviously I, my hormones are, and I, I've not been too bad, actually, I've got to say, my husband might say different, but um, I don't think I've been too bad <laughs> with hormones. Oh. But before that, my cycles were quite irregular, so it's quite difficult to track. But yeah, that's one of the things to definitely do. And again, just go to the doctor and get some help and don't be fobbed off. Like if you're, you know, if they're prescribing you with a pill or they're saying get the coil put in or you know there's something that's not working or you've tried those things and it's not working don't be afraid to go back and and ask for more help or get referred to a specialist or you know because it it's really important I just think yeah we need to we need to all talk about it more and be more open about it I love that you've told everyone you're having a baby (laughs) and I just like drop that in (laughs) she's having a baby yes so exciting good old hormones oh the other thing i read um a while ago i can't remember if i sent it to you steph or or somebody was it maybe even before we were doing this it was a while ago now but it was a really nice article about how your cycle um you can kind of compare it to the seasons so the sort of four-week cycle 
generally that most people have you can kind of so sort of the first day of your period is like spring where you sort of start to feel better your hormone levels start to even out um and you get rid of those kind of horrible bloaty feelings for that first week and then that kind of the second week is when you're at your optimum level of sort of energy and the hormones are balanced and you should feel quite energetic low anxiety and then the next two weeks are sort of autumn and winter so the last week obviously being maybe the worst and the gloomiest and you might notice low mood as your hormones you know certain hormones spike um and other ones drop off so your basically your estrogen plays quite a big role and they um kind of drop off after you've ovulated i think i might say that so and that's the that's one of the ones that kind of can really affect your anxiety and your energy and stuff so just kind of understanding that and recognizing it because sometimes life goes by so quick doesn't it and all the weeks blur into one but actually recognizing that mm, maybe this is the week where I'm not going to have that level of energy. Yeah, it made me think, actually, I've got I've got a watch for Christmas that where you can track running and steps and stuff and you can connect it to your phone. And there's even a bit on there for your cycle. So you can like keep a track, you know, for each day of the month, mm. which you I sometimes think you don't think of doing until the actual time of the month. But through the month, that's actually quite a good way of doing it there's lots of apps out there actually for that kind of thing yeah apps are so good for that and just it might be stuff that you've not really recognized or you've not thought of or you've not found patterns in so starting to track it can really help and then you can almost you know not entirely but you can work parts of your life around that so again if you know that that week is going to be the week where you feel more anxious or you've got less energy maybe see if you can adjust your diary or adjust your plans a bit that week just to accommodate that that's really sensible. I love that. I love a bit of planning. Does the trick. It does. does the trick. Yeah. And where, you know, obviously where you can, it's not always possible, but I think just being aware mm. of it is. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. And then we were also going to chat about um, kind of young people, young girls, um, young people that identify as female, what it is like for them as well. Mm. Um, I, my initial thing on this is just an observation of growing up with social media. And I know we always end up mentioning social media, but it it was, I'm going to sound really ancient now, but it was so different back in my day. Um, (laughs) back in my day, back in my day, I remember black and white TV. (laughs) Do actually remember dial up internet? So yeah. But you, the only communication you really had outside of school with your friends was obviously if they came over or you had a phone call. Obviously, mobile phones did start coming in, but otherwise it was just MSN Messenger on the computer. Oh, and you yeah. Could only go on Do it you remember like that? Hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loved MSN Messenger. <laughs> yeah. De- there's, there's been a, there's a definite shift, isn't there? And we, yeah, you're right. We talk about social media a lot. We've got a whole episode on it, but definitely those images that, young girls are exposed to now from a young age you know most kids have I'm not saying whether this is right or wrong I'm not you know people do what they what they want to do with their children their families but a lot of kids now have phones by you know quite a young age you know 10 or something 
And some of those images that they're just exposed to at that young age are just really unhealthy. And then you become conditioned to think that that's normal. And the younger you are when that happens, the more you know easily influenced you are. And then you carry that that expectation through to your adult life. There was a film. Have you watched that? The Social Dilemma film. Yes, it was quite terrifying. Yeah, it was quite uh, insight, quite an insight actually. And I thought, I'm not saying, I'm not recommending it and saying that's like a blanket thing and to be really scared of the internet and phones and social media. Mm. But it was interesting that a lot of the top people from Facebook, Google, etc their kids they've got a real strict sort of um rule on mm. how often they can go on these apps and how often they can have their phones i think one of the guys was saying he like locked the phone in his boot when he got home to that extreme so yeah i thought that was so interesting yeah and they all said didn't they what about your kids usage and some of them said i don't let them use it at all some of them said yeah they have it for an hour because they know the that kind of insider like knowledge or whatever you want to call it they know that you know some of not all of it's negative obviously but the way that that it's used now and social media is used with young people it has a can have a, a huge impact on on mental health and I just think when young girls are exposed to that they're so um you know easily influenced at that age it's just very yeah it's very tricky I think because it's I I see how powerful it is at the age I'm at now like with Instagram and stuff getting more popular and more widely used in Mm. particularly in in the area that I work in and I think if that it can impact me you know Mm. I'm not gonna say how old I am um but (laughs) you know then you if you're like you know at school how like that's so difficult not to be affected by it yeah it's so difficult and we're old enough to to understand that oh that image has been filtered or that's not you know Mm. we can kind of justify understanding that this is just one image but you know young young people can't necessarily do that and it's not obviously not just girls that are are doing this but I think the the whole body image around girls is definitely more pressure there probably than there is around boys and girls I don't know, are more influenced by it, I guess. So every week we choose three things uh, that are kind of linked to the topic and they might be things that we do or they might be people that inspire us. And this week we are going for three women that inspire us because we've been talking about women's mental health. So Helen, who is your first one? My first, I've given this so much thought, actually, you know what, I thought it would be easy and it and it wasn't. <laughs> um, but my first is going to be Tina Turner. <laughs> she's such a legend. I, because only not because only because she's an amazing singer and songwriter, but she's I mean, she's been through so much in her life. She's had lots of health issues. She was obviously in a hideously abusive relationship and she came out of that and you know launched herself again as a star and just she's yeah she's just this really strong inspiring lady and I've just started I've just started reading her autobiography which is great maybe you should start singing a bit of Tina uh yeah no I saved that for karaoke (laughs) look at that's a promise looking forward to that yeah when we're allowed (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, you're going to find mine really cheesy. Um, number one, going for my mum. Love uh... you, mum. Love you, mum. No, she's she's awesome, mum. She's just like, she is such a, everyone says this about mums a lot of times, don't they? But she is like a rock and mm. she is so selfless and her selflessness and kind of big heart sort of know no bounds if that makes sense so you're like mum like how what like how do you think so kindly of everyone Aww. and I just yeah that that inspires me that I think that's so nice yeah oh I feel I'm gonna have that's I'm gonna have four then I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> throw my mum in as well bless her yeah because she is an amazing woman my mama Oh, <laughs> um, but my official number two is going to be the fabulous um, New Zealand. Uh, oh gosh, yes. president! President is the right. Yes. Is it president? Yes. yes, I forgot what her title was then. Just because, not only because of how she's handled the pandemic, but she just she does amazing things for mental health. So she announced this humongous budget, the biggest ever wellbeing budget. And a lot of it was focused on the kind of what she called the missing middle. So the people that don't need hospitalisation, but the people that need, you know, they've got mild to moderate symptoms of depression or anxiety. And that's where, that's absolutely where we need that money to go, you know, in the UK as well. Listen, Boris, pay attention to, to Jacinda because she's doing the right thing. Like prevent, there's a, so much in there about prevention and, you know, stuff like that. And she's really open about her own mental health and what she does to relax and her having, you know, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Fabulous lady. She really is. And also the way she's handled, well, the way she's handled so many things, but the the COVID pandemic in particular, mm. she is, I mean, she's amazing what she's done in that mm. country. And she's so young, isn't she? I mean, she looks really young. I don't know actually how old she is, but I know she is fairly young. Yeah, she does look young. She looks really cool for a prime minister. Yeah, she's got to be, She, I think she's like early 40s or something, early oh. to mid 40s. So that is, if you think, if you think of like, gosh, yeah, no, I don't want to think too much about that. Like what she's achieved in her life compared <laughs> yeah, to what I, do I have. <laughs> I don't know if that's inspiring or not or just depressing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know what you mean. I do that. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I, I'm for number two, I'm going to go on a political one as well, I think. Um, I'm going to go for Cam. Uh, Cam- I'll edit that bit out, sorry. Kamala Harris. There we go. Um, in the US, mainly because obviously the inauguration's been recently and she is mm-hmm. the uh, United States' first female vice president um, and the highest ranking female official in US history. But I'd, I've just re- really enjoyed, like when they announced that Biden had got in, she just seems really down to earth as well. Mm. and kind of taking it in a stride but also respectful like treading that line really brilliantly yeah and there was a poet and I really want to remember her name now that I don't know if she if Kamala had anything to do with getting her on because I think she's really on board with supporting women and um Mm. you know readdressing any inequality but the poet at the inauguration was amazing oh my gosh she was so good and Trump wasn't there to ruin it all, so that's good. What's that? Oh, I lost you then. Trump. I said Trump wasn't there to ruin it all. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Am I allowed to say that, actually? Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want He might be listening. He might be listening. 
Hi, um, hi Donald. Got Amanda, some spare time on your hand. Amanda Gorman, that was the poet. Yeah. She was wonderful. Yeah, high hopes. High hopes for that administration. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, my last one is a lady called Elizabeth Day, if you heard of her. Rings a bell. So she, I first heard her actually on, I think she was on Fern Cotton's podcast, but and she's written this book about how to fail. So she does a lot about failure and how to cope with it and how to deal with it and move on. But also she um, fairly, not all that recently, she's sort of spoken about it for a while, but she's been really open about kind of infertility and IVF and miscarriage and the pressures of, you know, having babies and how she feels about that and stuff like that and she's just really inspiring I think people don't talk about that stuff enough and she's yeah just how she writes and and speaks about it is really open and honest so she yeah I've just been looking looking at her stuff quite a lot recently and she's just really inspiring I love that I love that Mm. strength yeah really and it's really brave and it's really you know something that is not spoken about enough but something that is quite personal but to be able to speak out and maybe help others is really yeah cool thing to do for my number three on inspiring women I'm gonna go for uh one in my industry that I've always thought is just super cool and looked up to um I think I'm gonna go for Joe Wiley actually because I just think she's so good on the radio she's fab and she did yeah. a great 90s anthem was it 80s or 90s my gosh I can't remember now 90s anthems night I think in Southampton she was awesome it was like three or four hours of solid dancing she was so good and she's been doing really good stuff recently obviously it's really sad with her sister not being well with covid but done lots of terrible yeah for people with learning disabilities and I just yeah I think obviously the all industry you know there's a lot of there was a big, actually a big thing in, in radio trying to get more women coming through. And I think it must, there must've been challenges for women coming through in quite a male dominated industry at one point. Mm. And yeah, I think she's, she's done that really well. And I think she's really cool. She's really cool. Get to be her friend. If you're listening, (laughs) can I be your friend? DM me. Um, Yeah. DM me. (laughs) Slide into the DMs. (laughs) <laughs> brilliant ah lovely how inspiring I feel inspired now for Helen's takeaway so each time we do an episode I'm going to give you a little takeaway tip so one of the kind of main things to come out of the topic we've been talking about that maybe I'd like you to try and then you know feedback as to how it went or what you found out or if you found it helpful or not so I think this week what I would say and I think I did mention this just when we were talking about it but um is kind of doing a bit of a diary about how you're feeling from week to week and month to month just to kind of track those moods so if you're maybe you're sat there thinking oh gosh I'd not ever really thought about how my moods were linked to my hormones or my cycles so start to keep a little bit of a journal and try and find those patterns I think that's one of the first steps in in realizing whether there is a a bigger issue there and and if there are some patterns and, and what you can do about it and let us know um if you want to obviously how you get on um email mm. is helen and steph at 
gmail.com. And you can get us on Insta at Helen and Steph underscore Muddle 3. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. We look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.